Hey, Bastin. Jay and Silent Bob are coming to raid your fridge, smoke your weed, and make you laugh hysterically while they do it. How do you like them apples? Friday, October 7th at the Wilbur Theater. Catch Jay and Silent Bob get old. Grab your tickets now by clicking on the link at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Yo, Red Bank, New Jersey. Jay and Silent Bob are gonna snooch to your motherfucking nooch. I don't even know what that means. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater on October 8th. Special guest, tell them Steve Day. Get your tickets at CountBasieTheater.org. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater, October 8th in Red Bank. Word. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just $4.99 a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast, where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. Going to New York Comic Con in October? Well, Jay and Silent Bob are giving you one more reason to fangasm. Uh, you might want to clean that up. Friday, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Catch a live performance of the popular podcast, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Dust off that Batman costume that's three sizes too small. Or, fuck it, don't wear a costume. Just wear some type of clothing, because, you know, you don't want to get arrested. And get ready to enjoy a thick layer of gooey comedy jizz with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Jay and Silent Bob get old, live in New York, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Tickets on sale now. For more info, go to csmod.com. This is not bad. With Will Wilkins. And Frank Baker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of NetHeads. My name is Will. My name is Trent. And we are here to talk to you. Mm-hmm. That's that's why we're here. Because Lord knows we don't want to talk to one another. 
Oh, gosh, I'm disgusted at the thought of speaking with you, Will. I don't blame you. I feel the same way. Hell, I don't even <laughs> like to look at myself. That's why all the mirrors in my house are covered with cloth. <laughs> and apparently I picked up a lisp. Sorry. Super. Hey, uh, if you, uh, if you think the show's starting and sounding a little weird, it's because it is. I, I have yeah. to admit that I have had a very somber day today. I think I think anyone that has not had a somber day today may not have a soul. That is quite possible. I mean, <laughs> I you know, I didn't I knew we were going to be doing a show on 9/11. And um 9/11 this is going to sound like the stupidest statement made. 9/11 <laughs> was very hard for me. <laughs> okay. But mind you, I just mean in in uh, respect to the fact that, you know, at the time it was the only time in my life I've been what I would call actively unemployed. So, okay. you know, it was just the I just moved down to L.A. We just bought a house down there. And uh, then the radio syndicator fell through. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, now I'm in an entirely new area and I got to reinvent myself. So what am I going to do? And and so it was a, a lengthy process to to find a job. So, you know, I was already not thrilled that my wife was working and I wasn't and you know, it was already a down period is what I was saying. And and mind you, believe me, I have perspective, folks. Compared to everything everyone else went through on this day, <laughs> me sitting around watching CNN getting further depressed really isn't much. No, but, but we all we all we all relate to it in our own ways. Yeah, so at the time it was like this isn't this isn't uh this is even less fun than it should be. And you know, I was I was glued to the television. That's the problem with not having work. When something right. really bad happens, you can just sit there and, and catch everything. You can watch it all. And so, you know, I, I I probably have more information about that event than any other event that has happened since. Uh, and so I'm already very emotional about it, not as much as those that were directly affected, I know. But then today, like uh, the smart person that I am, naturally, I just instantly turned on the television and sought out 9-11 stuff. Right. Which really puts you in a great mood. <laughs> That's really what you want to do. If you want to make sure that you're not going to, to, to languish in something, actively reach out and touch it. <laughs> That's what you should do. Uh, you know, it, and plus, it's, I can't believe it's been a decade already. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, I was, I was, uh, I guess I should say an active adult at the time, but hell, you were still technically in your teens, weren't you, Trent? Yeah, yeah, I was 18, man. Yeah, so that's just full of suck. <laughs> I mean, there's no getting around it. You know, uh, last weekend, I put some uh, some curtains up in the uh, studio, and from my perspective right now, that rod looks crooked, and it's driving me insane. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I see no, what Will, you can, did there. Can, can you articulate the difference between curtains and drapes? No, because I've I've never known the difference. I think it, that's probably a uh, geographical thing. In, Is it in certain areas? The probably curtains, and some they're drapes. Okay, I don't know. Maybe curtains are ones that that can are hooked up to. Maybe it becomes a curtain once it's hooked up to a mechanical device to move them back and forth. Oh, like a string or a pulley or something. Right. And maybe it's just a drape when it is just a piece of cloth draped on a rod. I don't know. Just hanging there. Yeah. So, uh, so yesterday, so today, um, getting back on topic. 
<laughs> Even though I, now I'm going to be plagued by because I was thinking the same thought myself earlier today. Do I call these drapes or are they curtains? What are they? I don't know. They do, they, <laughs> right. they do add some nice acoustic dampening to the room, though. I'm not hearing the echo anymore. The room is not as bright as I and I don't mean light wise. I mean, sound wise. And I may be sounding, <laughs> you know, the whole point is I'm just going to sound crazy and weird today because I'm off kilter. I really am. <laughs> I, because I don't know about you, Trent. I, I don't know if this happened to you in Utah. But okay. it just seemed like no matter where you were or who you were, somehow somebody you know was was directly touched by the events of 9-11. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Somebody had a, a brother, a sister, a cousin, a father, a mother, you know, that was somehow affected by the horrible events of that day directly, whether they were on a plane, uh, in one of the towers. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Or or whether or not they were just stuck in in downtown New York and couldn't get out. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's just been a very somber day for me today. I did something I've I've never done, which is or I haven't done in a long time, which was to take a Sunday afternoon nap. Oh. Because I was just kind of uh, it it was the onset of ennui. I just didn't want to get up and do anything. So much so that right after, this is the beauty of uh, of hosting a live show on Smodcast Internet Radio. Because, you know, you imagine the glitz and the glamour that's associated with the lifestyle. About five minutes after I get off the air tonight, I'll be getting in my car and going down to Safeway to get some groceries. Oh, nice. Yes, it's the diversity of uh, of the life of the Internet broadcast professional. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. IBPF. Yeah, there you go. So... <laughs> How, uh, what about you, Trent? I mean, like, what, what was that day like for you? Well, I was a senior in high school. Um, and I remember it was, uh, I, it was my turn to do the announcements over the intercom for the school. Um, and so, yeah, I, I got to tell everyone all about it. And it was really awkward and really weird. We didn't really do anything. We just watched TV the whole day. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what, that's what happened. Like I said, my wife was working. I was not. So I was watching CNN. Right. And or uh, any one of the channels, you know, there's a certain point where you like you just there you flip back through that same block of three. And, you know, just to see if the coverage is any different. And it's not. It's all the same. And my so my wife was working. I was at home. But, you know, she went to work and that's all they did was uh, listen to the radio, watch television, read the Internet. Right. So, yeah. No one scenario. And I got to admit, when it was, when that happened, because it was shortly after George W. took office. Right. And I was, I was mad at the president mm-hmm. because I'm a, I'm a firm believer. And uh, this is because I'm representing an uneducated opinion. <laughs> uh, I'm a firm believer that the media makes or breaks a lot of what transpires. Sure. Um, and what I mean by that is when prior to George W. Bush coming into office, he made an interesting statement, which aggravated me to no end. And it was the one thing that that tainted him coming into office uh, from the very beginning for me. Uh, th- take everything else. Throw that out of there. Uh, this was the one thing that just bugged the living hell out of me. And that's before he took office. He said he felt like we were heading into a recession. <laughs> and. Then it was all over the media. And once you put that out there, you know, it's perceived. Right. And so 
I'm a firm believer in the fact that that's one of the reasons why we had the issues that we had in in the early times of the 2000s. Right. Yeah. Just expected it going in already. Yeah. Like, because oh, this is going to happen. Yeah. Because the new economy of the dot com industry collapsing wasn't that big. Right. No. You know, and God knows it sure as hell wasn't like the whole banking crisis that happened in 2006. Oh, not even close. In seven. So, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just of that, of that opinion. And, you know, like, I'm not saying necessarily that we wouldn't have had the slight economic downturn that we had at the onset of the whole, uh, war against terror, but it really feels like to me, that's the way things go. I, in case in point, okay, when, when the whole banking industry thing happened, um, you know, it started coming out in the media. And, right. you know, and it's, uh, as people realized the implication of what was going on, I think there were certain reactions that happen that aren't based on solid economic fact. Like even, even like places I have worked and friends had worked, uh, there were slight reductions in staff. And it's, and to be honest, since that time, we've stepped up higher from there. And it's not like the economy really got any better in like two or three years. Right. You know, it rebound a little bit, but not a lot. So, so it, that was a knee jerk reaction to what is perceived. You know, the, people are thinking there's a major issue and we need to trim back to make sure we have more reserves. So let's, let's, you know, cut some staff here and there. Right. You know what I mean? I do. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm in a mood today. <laughs> so much so, I think we need to get one thing out of the way in the beginning, and that's the fact that we made a very bold statement at the end of last week's show. You still there, Trent? No, nope, he's not. Uh, we made a very bold statement at the end of last week's show, and and that was that uh, we were going to do a weigh-in this week. We were going to, you know, just hang it out there, and we were going to have a weight loss competition. We were going to figure out what we were going to do, and we were going to we were going to make ourselves bigger, better, stronger, faster, all that jazz. And we were going to have a competition for it. Why not? Why wouldn't we have a competition? Uh, the only thing that I forgot, the important detail that I I missed in in thinking about doing this is the simple fact that right before we go on air, I'm always eating dinner, so that is not the time. To weigh an individual in. It's just not the way you roll. It's not how you do it. It's not, it's not the time. So (laughs) having a weight loss competition is fine and Jim Dandy. Uh, but in all seriousness, we're not going to weigh in, I think, on air. I think the, the important way to do it and the right way to do it would be that we'll, uh, we'll determine a specific weigh in time, a specific weigh in day. And then what we'll do from that point is we'll make sure that we we weigh in and we record it. And, you know, naturally, we've got to be honest because it's it, we're, we're going for a weight loss competition. So if we're going to be doing a weight loss competition, you got to give an honest number because I'm certainly not going to be trimming back my number at the onset. That just makes absolutely no sense because then what I'm going to do, I'm going to slit my own throat trying to... um you know, lose more. I'd have to kill myself to lose even more. Trying to get Trent back on the horn right now. Yeah, it's because he's here. He's here. Okay, Don't worry. Good. 
No smelt down today, folks. No. So what we're going to do is we're going to determine a time and a place. Not a place. Obviously, it's our homes. It's not right. like I'm going to. We have to find a midway point between Utah and California. We're going to go to the Port Authority, and they're going to weigh us on an industrial scale. And we're Well, that way we make sure we're at the same position on the Earth as well, because you know as you get closer to or from the equator, your weight can fluctuate due to the gravitational effects of... Anyway. And since I'm higher, I have less, uh, in, you know, in elevation, I have less air barometric pressure pushing down from the ozone. And so I actually am going to weigh less, uh, than I would at sea level. Yeah, that kind of thing. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're going to, but we're going to have, we have to decide now. Now, Trent, you've actually, this was all spurred because you have, uh, taken on a new, uh, dietary lifestyle. I have. This is true. And you can read about more about that at lessofhim.blogspot.com. Correct. So do you have a specific weigh-in day already? Well, the the program Listen to him a... tat dance already. <laughs> Go on. Try the and talk pro... your way out of it, son. Go ahead. <laughs> the program has a Whoa, whoa, whoa. Spot... I'm sorry. Wait. The what? The program. Thank you. Has a spot uh for to wait to write down my weight every day if I so desire. Oh, huh, that's crazy. <laughs> But I, I typically weigh on Friday mornings. Yeah, I think weighing yourself daily is undermining because yeah, well, and that, yeah, that's setting you up for just lots of frustration. Yeah, I mean, there are so many different things that can go into effect. Like you're eating specific things, but some things may have a slightly higher sodium content than the other. So you mm-hmm. would naturally, on those days, you have a little more water weight in you. Right. You know what I mean? So you don't want to oh, do yeah. that daily. You'll just you'll just be cutting your own throat. Well, and plus, I mean, I'm the shit that, well, the, the food that I'm eating, it's not necessarily shit. <laughs> what, what I have been eating is more like shit. Um, but it's, it's heavy in that department, the department of, uh, sewage, you know? Oh, Lord. Are you serious? I've never been so regular in my life, man. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm just <laughs> creating massive turds, you know? So yeah, I, you got away once a week because I've, if I'm, I've, I'm, ne- I've never been prouder as a broadcaster than this very moment. <laughs> I just have to say that. Trent talks about his. Oh, I'll just put this in the notes. Trent talks about his bowel movements. Yes, please. I want to make sure that's bold, right there, nice and big on the show description. <laughs> it's like Kevin said. It's ropey. It's uh, ropey. Uh, <laughs> and if you haven't heard that one, uh, uh, wait. What was that? That was on one of the. I think that was on the Epic special. The uh the two yes. fat for forty. So if you want to yes. check that out, that's where you can find it, folks. Um, so uh, where were you going with this? I'm lost now. Let's weigh once a week, preferably in the morning, because then I can you know drop a deuce. Is it preferably or preferably? I don't know. Uh, no, I <laughs> you're completely right. It needs to be consistent. And I right. find I have found in my dealings in the past that the time of day that you weigh the least is when you first wake up. Yeah. As long as you weren't, you know, like eating leftover Chinese food at three in the morning. Which ha- had we started weighing last week. Yes, that would have been the case. Yeah, well, you were like, all right, I'm, I'm, I haven't started this yet. So let's burn yeah. this mother down. It, no, literally it hasn't come in the mail yet. Scarf it down, man. There you go. Bring it on. Anyway. So, uh, so that's what we're going to do. And, and really, I want to encourage people to. Try and go along with us on this. Um, oh, yeah. Only, only if you want to. If this is something you've been deciding to do or putting off doing, but you know you want to. Because really, I don't want 
anyone to buy into this whole thing. You know, I'm I'm not putting pressure on anybody. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Just me. Apparently, I'm eating my own words <laughs> and choking on them. <clears throat> uh, no, I, I don't want to put any pressure on anybody. I, I don't want to place any judgment on anyone. I just know that, you know, in my life, there are things I want to do that I cannot do because of the shape that I'm in. So, exactly. therefore. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not like we're looking to be models. No. Which we, I mean, we could be, obviously. Yes, Study. because 40-year-old balding men, there's a high demand for them. <laughs> They're just looking... Somebody find me a baby-faced bald guy. That's what I want, preferably with glasses and a nice wide nose. Yes, we need him for our catalog. And and if we can, if if we've got, we're trying to cut back in uh, Photoshop uh, costs. If he's got rosy cheeks, that would be preferable. Uh, right in line with the conversation we're having. Uh, Fat Man two one two four on Twitter says we're nerds. We're not supposed to be in good shape. <laughs> and if you want to, uh, if you want to take part in the the program like he is, uh, you yes. can follow us along on the uh, Twitter. We're throwing hashtag netheads whenever we're making conversation. That's what yep. we do. Yep. That way it unifies us. We could we could go old school and we could have like an active chat room. Uh, but you know, I gotta say, having done many different iterations of of internet hosting, right? Uh, I have to say the Twitter hashtag is probably one of the more effective. Oh, I absolutely agree. Because it allows me to better track the pace. And, yep. and I don't mean this in a bad way. It slows down people's interaction with one another, which in a chat room, man, that stuff just goes by real fast. Yeah, yeah. You, There's no way you and I can participate. It's going so quickly. Yeah, it would be just like pow, 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 pow. That's like how yeah. the conversation would go. I but do. with a lot more like dick references. Possibly. Yeah. So so that's what we're going to do. And uh I don't know. What do you think? An eight-week challenge? Whatever it is, man. I think you, it should be you, an. You eight, bring it. I think it should be an eight-week because we're we'll be doing it in September, so we'll be starting uh, next weekend. Okay. To do this, uh, we will start next weekend, and that way, eight weeks still puts us shy of Thanksgiving, so we really can't screw ourselves oh, up too bad. God. See, Will, you're always looking into the future, man. That's, I'm always thinking. You've got like this crystal ball, and I appreciate it. Yeah. And hey, speaking of the future, my friend, speaking of the future, I was so excited and so let down simultaneously this past Mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. Now, folks, for those of us that that enjoy, I don't want to say the dress up, but but... (laughs) Uh, but enjoy the uh, movie replication side yes. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween enthusiasts like myself, for example. Right. There has been a nerdy holy grail, in my opinion. <laughs> and that was the Nike Air Mag that was shown in Back to the Future 2. Oh, yes. With its glowing soles and its, and its uh, self-lacing sneakerness. Mm-hmm. We yep. all wanted a pair. We wanted oh. the Nike mags. You know, there were certain parts of the um uh, there are certain parts of the costume that uh Michael J. Fox wore in the movie that you could get. I mean, there are guides for trying to replicate the jacket. The uh, jacket, right. But most importantly, the hat, the, the multicolored hat for the longest time was featured at the Back to the Future ride at the Universal um uh, theme parks. Oh, okay. So that part was easily attainable. But these damn shoes. Now, you have to understand something, though. 
there are people, there are collectors of shoes because there are special Nike Air editions, Air Jordans. It's so many limited edition, special edition shoes. Yep. All the time. There is this thriving business that I was never aware of in the specialty shoe line. Oh yeah. And, and people, it's, it's, yeah, it's an investment. Yeah. They, they spend money, folks. They spend money. Well, this past week, there was a special tease and we learned that Nike was producing, I think it's 1500 of the Nike Air Mags. Now these are, these are really hot with this reproduction they did. Right. Cause it's model, it, it isn't like a, an influence by, it's not like a concept, in, concept inspired by. They were doing a movie replica basically. Mm-hmm. And they put in a natural glow logo. They put in light up LEDs in the soles that are rechargeable. So these sneakers oh. are rechargeable. The oh. only thing, the only thing they aren't are power laces. <laughs> okay. Which, which is the only reason why I'm really going on this diet. Yeah. So. <laughs> So it didn't have the power laces, wouldn't lace up itself. Um, and we learned they were making them. And suddenly I'm like, oh my gosh, finally. Yes, I'm 40 years old, but I want a pair. <laughs> I want a pair so bad I can taste them. Like that's how I'd eat a shoe to get these shoes. <laughs> and then once again, in the, uh, in the line of statements that you would never hear anywhere else. God damn it for charity. Mm-hmm. Because yep. it's uh, they're actually being produced in a uh, joint venture with the Michael J. Fox Foundation, the Fox Foundation, mm-hmm. and so they're only fifteen hundred. They're being auctioned off on eBay, and uh, one pair a night closes out in like ten sizes. I think it is. Yeah, more more to the point, ten ten shoes a night close out, and every single one of them within minutes were in the thousands. Yep, yep. So the nerd holy grail once again unattainable for the everyman. Yep, for for the real nerds. Now, know? actually, though, um, another Sir connection, as you know, uh, Megan Quinlan, Kevin's assistant. Okay. Uh, is her brother attended Comic Con with them, and he was wearing a Marty McFly from Back to the Future Two costume. Oh, okay. And he has a pair of shoes that were uh, reproduced from a mold of the originals. Really? Yeah, and that's why I I guess Michael J. Fox wears a size nine because uh, Megan's brother wears a size ten, but he was wearing those nines anyway. Because <laughs> you know, well, if it's from a mold, it's an authentic reproduction, and well, nobody's taking time to size them up. So, so he had a pair, and he even put in like lights himself, and he had to have a re- like a, a battery pack that he had to carry with him. So he had a line going down his pants into the shoes. Oh, really? Like, craziness, man. So, yeah. So it's not you like... You be careful was, how you wire that. Yeah, it wasn't... <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, now we only have a 50% chance of having kids. Uh, the only thing about, you know, this was these were actually made by Nike, and they were rechargeable. Yeah. yeah. And now you can't get them. Well, and that's like, so, so my brother is one of those people who invests in shoes. He'll, he'll get the, you know, first edition limited Air Jordans come out and then he sticks them in a closet forever. Yeah. Um, with the hopes of selling them one day. But these are even priced out of his, uh, normal expenditures. I, like, if you watch Cribs, okay, you always see the basketball players and the rap stars and they usually have rooms dedicated to their shoe, their, their basketball shoe collections. Yeah. I could see these guys gobbling them up. Oh yeah, definitely. And, you know, eh, 
I, I'm only hoping that they maybe have like a non light up version. I don't sure. know. You know just I don't know. Something not as special. But you know, it's for charity. I understand it's a good cause. <laughs> I understand. I'm not a heartless beast, okay? Right. I, I really you, I'm not. You have a soul. I do, but I want my shoes. <laughs> Is that so wrong? Because I, I would love so. to, I, but sometime before I die, I would like at least, because I'm, uh, Halloween is my holiday, okay? Okay. M- my wife loves Christmas. I, I don't think anybody out there is like, oh my God, it's Thanksgiving, let's celebrate. You know, n- nobody's like crazy <laughs> about that. Some people love the 4th of July, they love their fireworks, their barbecue, right. it's a big thing for them. I love the Halloween, okay? Sure. I'm big on the pretend, I'm big on the spooky, I like it, it appeals to yeah. me. Yeah. It's my holiday. And you, and you go all in. You put all your chips in on this one. I don't, I don't, yeah, man. I, I try and do good costumes. I got a, uh, you know, I have a modified smoke machine to make sure I got the low clinging fog. You know, I built a fog <laughs> chiller is what it's called. So the, so the, it comes out. Cause well, the, the fog is vaporized, a vaporized liquid, which means it's warm. Okay. Which means it rises. So what you do is you pump it through a cooling area. It cools the vapor, but it's still a vapor. So now it hugs the ground. It's that spooky fog. You know what I mean? It's not 80s hairband fog. It's spooky fog. How many times do we per show reference 80s hairbands? That's what I uh, want to know. I, I, we need to do it more often. Is I, the problem. Ah, man. Here I go again on my own. Um, so, so yeah, Halloween is my favorite. Like so much so that I, I also saw some other cool ideas that I'm going to be doing this year. So there's going to be like creepy things in my windows. I love the Halloween and I love dressing up. Okay, I'm big. Sure. I'm big on it. And sometime before I do shake loose this mortal coil, even though I in no way there's two costumes I want to do, Trent. No, three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I want to rock them right. Okay. <laughs> Okay. And and you'll know why. Like I have to get into much better shape than I am to be these costumes. Oh, okay. okay? So 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 you want to be a, a Spartan soldier? No. <laughs> this is how sad and pathetic my life is. <laughs> the first one doesn't require as much of the commitment. I want to do the Marty McFly from Back to the Future 2. So I want the uh, you know, him posing as his kid. So I need to to come up with a way to reproduce the jacket. Right. Got to have the shoes uh-huh. and the hat. The hat, you can still get 20 bucks real easy. The only question is, will it fit my big melon? Uh, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that one, you, you don't need the big commitment because, you know, naturally, it, you got the shoes, the jacket, and the hat. You're fine. The jacket can cover your paunch, whatever you want to call it. You know, <laughs> so you're okay there. But the last two that I want to do, and I want to do semi-right. Okay. Okay. One of them, Spider-Man. Sure. Who who wouldn't want that one? There's nothing sadder than a fat Spider-Man. <laughs> and comical at the same time. Yeah. And uh the last one is Superman. Man oh, of Steel. Okay. But now, you know, how am I gonna do that as a balding guy? And really I don't want to get into yeah. wigs. Yeah, that's true. I was Doctor Horrible one year. And oh, okay. and that required a wig. Uh, did you like? Was it a crazy wig though, or was it you know like a like a toupee type wig? No, no, I just got like a cheap mullet wig and I cut the mullet portion off. Oh, okay. So that way I had the spiky front. Sure. So I I really do want to uh, do that, but you know, like I said, you you got to be in good shape for those. You know, I I Batman you could kind of get away with because it's armor and you got a big cape, you know, sure. hiding you. 
Right. I am the bat. No, yeah. no, dude, you're the. F- Never mind. Um, <laughs> this year, though, I may be going lazy. I may just be going as the eleventh Doctor because you know what the hell else am I going to do? Now is that uh, is that the current Doctor? Yeah. Okay. Um. Do you, do you just wear a suit and and get your magic screwdriver? <laughs> First of all, it's a sonic screwdriver. Okay. <laughs> sonic screwdriver. <laughs> And all you need is a bow tie and a tweed coat, really. Well, there you go, man. See? You could do that. You just knew I had that right there, didn't you? Well, I, I had a hankering. I had a hankering. Wait, are, wait. that one sounds a little different. Are you sure that's the, the sonic screwdriver, not something else? You're funny. <laughs> Nothing else sounds like that. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Because I like the Doctor Who. I know you do. You oh, do. man. And once again, you're an idiot for not watching. This past <sighs> weekend's episode for me was just, it was just, it was a mind-bending good episode. Really? Oh, it was. Because it just got really emotional and, and touching and, and sad and, and messed up. And I don't know. It was good. It's another one of those times. That's the and again, the awesome thing about podcasts. It's another one of those ones where I listen to and I'm like, I can't wait to hear what the Radio Free Scarrow guys thought about right. this. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, kind of like kind of like one of the topics that we have even though we're not a Wilfred podcast. Right. Ever since we launched the show on Sir, one of the things that we've talked about frequently, yes, is Wilfred. Yep. And there may very well be people that, that know we like Wilfred, and they may be wondering what we thought about the season finale of Wilfred. Oh, that my kind gosh. Of thing. You want to talk about a mind F? Oh, yeah. That was wow. a good one. See, I'm not wow. going I'm not going into the Doctor Who, because I know we'll lose like 80% of the audience. <laughs> Wilfred, we have a pretty good chance of holding on to people. I think so. But but Wilfred, now... It, I don't know. A lot of I think a lot of a lot of people must watch it because it got an early pickup for a second right. season through FX. Mm-hmm. Or they just they're like it's the summer. We don't care. It's cheap yeah. to produce. <laughs> you know, we only got to get that dog costume cleaned once every 3 weeks. It's fine. <laughs> Whether he's in the paint yeah. or the water or Now, for those that that aren't familiar or have been following along, the uh the Wilfred is a show where Elijah Wood obviously has issues, tries to yes. kill himself, and the morning after he tries to kill himself, his neighbor's dog he sees as a guy in a big dog costume. <laughs> the whole rest of the world, maybe, except for Dwight Yoakam, right. the whole rest of the world <laughs> sees Wilfred as a dog, just as a dog. Right? And that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. That's the premise yeah. for the entire show. And and the weird and the thing about it is of course that naturally Wilfred is a you can't tell if he's really uh Ryan Elijah Wood's character's name is Ryan. You can't tell if he's Ryan's friend or if he's just like having a laugh at Ryan's expense, you know, right. you, you, the the dynamic is kind of unclear. But you know, a lot of the show it's transpired in in Ryan's house. And it's been right. happening in the basement. Yeah, every episode ends with the two of them contemplating life in the basement. Pretty much. You know, they're they're almost always there. And you know, I'm going to spoil the season finale. If you haven't seen it, you know, hey, 
You run the risk, my friend. I don't care. Yeah, earmuffs. Because yeah, you know what? As a, seriously, I, I, this whole internet culture has has made us paranoid about talking about shows. Right. And we shouldn't be. That's why they're there. These are what the show creators want us to do. They don't want, oh, spoilers, don't listen. God knows I want people to listen to this show. If you're turning off the show because you haven't had the chance to catch the finale of Wilfred, or you may be thinking about watching Wilfred again later, you know, screw it. There's enough time till you get to the end of the D or till the DVDs come out to get caught up. Not to mention, you know, I bring up the case in point, Babylon 5, J. Michael Straczynski. The man gave us glimpses of the end of the show. He gave us hints. He gave us scenes. We saw stuff. But the important part wasn't knowing those things in advance. It was seeing the journey that got them there. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So just because I let one detail out shouldn't mean it's going to ruin the whole goddamn thing for you. Am I right or am I right? Or am I right? That's all I'm saying. So, you know, we had a, we had a real mind bender because it was like a carryover from the previous episode. You know, Ryan, uh, Wilfred's owner, she just happened to, uh, on her way to her big promotion at work as an on air person. She was anchoring for the new news, Mm -hmm. uh, mistakenly pops a piece of pot candy Mm -hmm. because she doesn't know it's pop candy. She just thought it was a breathman or whatever. And it wasn't even one in another bit of mind bending wackiness. It was a pot candy that Wilfred offered to right. Ryan. So where did it yeah. come from? Again, yeah. the show is a mind F. It just is. She goes on air. They want to fire her. Ryan used to be an attorney. And Wilfred encourages him. He's got to save Jenna's job for her. Right. Represent her. And he's like, I don't want to go down that road. They used to call me the archaeolog- archaeologist because I would dig up dirt on the people. I don't want to go down that dark path, he says. But then he he does. Mm-hmm. At, at, at apparently Wilfred's pushing because suddenly, you know, in the confrontation in the, in the room where they're facing off, right before he walks out, he opens his briefcase, he sees his black file, and right. inside are like sexual harassment charges brought against the guy who's firing Jenna. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, he didn't put him in there, so Wilfred did. But if Wilfred's really just a dog, did he put him in there? See? Again, too many yeah, levels. The show messes with your head. So, the long story short, too late. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan walks down that dark path and he decides to stick with it. He's like, no, you taught me. I should go after what I want. Mm-hmm. The long and short of it, in the very end, Wilfred ends up throwing himself in front of a car to stop somebody from going somewhere so something can happen. And he goes in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the episode, he had written, he claimed to be typing his last will and testament in the basement. And he stuck it in a drawer and he said, if anything happens, you know what to do. Here it is. Ryan sees him at the vet. Wilfred wakes up, can't see, and he doesn't know who Ryan is. Yeah, has no idea who Ryan is. In his moment of panic, Ryan runs back to the house and he opens the door that we know leads to the basement because it sticks. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier in the episode, he goes to open it, the door sticks, he has to pull on it and go in the basement. He does it this time, boom, boom, it's a closet. Yep, yep, there's, there's no basement. With clothes and a shell, everything. So then, and, go ahead. And then a tennis ball rolls out. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> so obviously we know Ryan. This is another thing. Yes, Ryan is crazy. But there's other things that have happened, too, because like I said earlier, Dwight Yoakam, Yoakam can see him because yeah. he played a character in another episode where he saw Wilfred. But again, the level of psychological manipulation was Dwight Yoakam real. 
Exactly, because uh, his sister never saw Dwight Yoakam either. Yep. So who knows? I mean, this, it, and that's the reason why this show is kind of semi-brilliant, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the entire manipulation that's going on. And, and you know, in the back of your head, you're like, well, is this guy just screwing himself over every time? Mm-hmm. You know, is he creating these manip- – I even said – Trent and I had a conversation. We don't really do this very often. We had a conversation off air because <laughs> God knows I'm not talking to him normally. And <laughs> – and I and we were talking about the episode, and I even said, you know, one of the things that would be awesome, like an awesome web series thing, like if when the show went off the air, just like as a little extras thing, when if it was finally revealed, for example, that this really is all going on in Ryan's head, just like having little brief three minute things that were like parts of the show before, <laughs> except instead of Wilfred being a dog. A guy in a dog suit. We actually see Wilfred as a dog. Right. And, and at the point where he's regularly having these conversations with Wilfred, he's actually just standing there. <laughs> just a dog sitting there on the couch. Yeah, and he's just sitting there. There's no conversation going. He's not even, like, fake talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It shows us, like, really what was happening the whole time. <laughs> you know, when Wilfred supposedly stole all the pot plants from the neighbor's house. <laughs> he actually, you just see him doing it. And he goes yeah. back and leaves his own wallet under the window. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> and takes two shits in the in the boots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's see. Uh, Venator2000 yes. on Twitter says, Wilfred is very similar to Wonderfalls when it comes to the reason why things are the way they are. You know, and I got to admit, I'm really kind of sad. I never saw the last few episodes of Wonderfalls. I fell off on that one. That was the one, I don't know if you saw it, Trent. It was a, uh-uh. it was a show on Fox. I think it only had six episodes commissioned and, uh, not all six aired. I think people, or people got caught up in DVD. I'm not sure which one it was or it aired on another network. I don't remember. But in, in the beginning, uh, young lady who is working at a shop in Niagara Falls. Okay. I think she goes to stop some kid from falling over the rail and ends up hitting her head pretty hard. After she comes to, randomly, inanimate objects give her messages that end up guiding her. And I don't remember if at the end it was because of the head, but if she had a tumor in her head, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. I don't know. And I don't even know if it was definitively answered. But, uh, but that was another good show and I wish I had caught the end of that. But, but Wilfred, I'm really enjoying and thank goodness going well, going into this well in advance, they let us know well, at least they let people know who looked it up through the news that the show is going to have a second season because this ending without a second season. Oh my gosh, man. That would have, I would have felt like the producers of the show and the director and the writers had just all walked up onto my porch and I rang the doorbell and opened and they're just standing there giving me a double bird. <laughs> I was going to say shitting on your doorstep. That too. <laughs> Both of well, them. Okay. Hypothetically, let's say that Wilfred ended. Bam. We don't get a second season. Would you be more disappointed with the lost ending or with the Wilfred ending? Uh, okay, wait a minute. In what respect? Just in like sheer anger as, as wanting more. Well, or, I, or wanting more things tied up or wanting the answers. I'm not following you. You mean like you the, want, like the actual ending of Lost or, yeah. or if, or if, How it if ended. during the, not, 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 yeah, not, not that the series ended, but the episode that it ended. Epidemic. I still don't follow you. 
Did you like the final episode of Lost? I'm one of the few apparently that did. Uh, never mind I, then. See, because I thought, well, and let me let me speak my mind here, my friend. Because <laughs> God knows I don't do that here on the show. <laughs> for me, for me and me alone, because mind you, as I've said before, because apparently Scott Mosier is my Yoda. Okay. Everything is everything at once when it comes to perception. The ending of Lost was brilliant. It sucked. It was okay. It left too many unanswered questions. Oh, my God, they lied and they were dead the whole time. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. It was all these things because it is what it is for each person. For me, right. I honestly thought the ending was brilliant. The reason why I do was because of the final frames of the show. Because it changed the context of the entire series for me. Okay. <clears throat> what it boiled down to wasn't the secret of the island. It wasn't why all this stuff was happening. It wasn't all this. It was actually one man's journey of healing. Think about the framework of the show. You can't. You never saw the first episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> the series opens up on Jack opening up his eyes in shock it's a tight shot of the one eye now uh -huh. you've seen the ending of lost yes how what was the final frame other than that crappy beach footage stuff that abc had <laughs> threw in that they never intended uh wasn't it uh the it them walking it was jack's eye closing oh okay okay and and that's what it was it, you suddenly it, it I realized that the entire story of Lost, much in the same way of watching a movie, and suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, this is the only character that, that changed and was affected. This was really their story. Okay. Or much in the same way that at the very end of uh, of uh, of Usual Suspects, you're like, oh my gosh, wait a minute, what does this mean? Right. Did I just watch 90 minutes of nothing but bullshit? <laughs> what elements were true? I don't understand. And to get really meta, Wilfred uh, references Lost in this last episode. Yeah, he did, which I thought was great. And that was another great mislead. But let me let me finish this thought up first. But don't Sorry, let me forget yeah. that other one. Um, <laughs> Lost was it was it was actually Jack. Jack was like many characters on the island. Jack was broken. And this was actually the entire story ended up getting Jack to the point of fixing himself. OK, he, he finally learned how to love to be loved. And, and to do something for others. And that's the way the whole story was able to wrap up. You know, I wasn't looking for every single answer and every single detail. Cause you know what? In life, you don't get that at the right. end. Of, and, and Battlestar Galactica had set me up pretty well for, you know, having a confused ending because they never flat out said who Starbuck was at the very okay. end. What was she? A guardian angel watching over him this last season? What the hell, dudes? <laughs> You know, her mystical, magical ship that leads them on a direction. I mean, come on. But we never got those answers. And, and that, and, and, and many times you just have to realize you're not going to have all the answers, but they went out of their way to give us an entertaining somewhat last season and then changing the, the storytelling convention, you know, in a certain way. Cause you know, if you haven't seen the ending of Lost, that was two years ago. Screw off. <laughs> Practically two years. Um, you know, it, it turns out that the story they were telling, we were seeing like different parallel stories and you're like, wait a minute, do they actually get off the island? But they're on the island. I don't understand. Right. You know, how, what the plane crash never happened, but it did. I don't get it. You know, people were in this kind of, I don't want to say purgatory, but they were in this, sure, this yeah. pre 
what happens after we die area so they could all come together because the events of the island were were so um life-changing for all of them and they were, each one of them became so much a part of each other's life that you know in the afterlife they wanted to gather together and transition on to whatever was next together right so that whole thing was happening but a lot of people like i said earlier they're just like wait no they were dead the whole time it's like have you been watching the same story i have no they they weren't dead the whole goddamn time come on like did you get that idea you not having seen a single frame of lost until the final episode no no i did not believe that at all okay good so look even somebody who never saw the show didn't think that what the hell (laughs) and you know there was even much ado about like uh, there was some i don't want to say bad blood but damon lindelof was very hurt by the guy who wrote the game of thrones stuff because he like said you know when it comes to ending the series he'll just make sure not to pull a lost (laughs) right exactly and lindelof had read this guy's work so he was really like kind of hurt by that Uh and and but i don't understand why people thought it was so bad i guess i should be saying if tell me why you thought the ending of loss was bad with hashtag netheads because why not let's live in 2010 or whatever it was (laughs) it's like january of 2010 i don't even remember yeah Sorry, Von Cleef on Twitter says, uh, do, do Will and Trent really exist now? <laughs> uh, let's see now. Oh, and, and actually, Venator 2000. So this is, uh, this is what I was going to come back to. And, okay. and so we got to come back to what he says. And, uh, and then after that, I think we'll, we'll entertain our good friend Mike B. Cause I, I know for a fact you've seen Red State now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but bringing it back, one of the things that they hinted at, at, on the penultimate episode of the season of Wilfred, and if you don't know what penultimate means, it's okay. I just learned it a little while ago when I started writing TV <laughs> reviews. Um, they made, they, they gave us a mind F before we even got to the episode because the previews that they were showing for the next one, it was like this really serious Wilfred talking to Ryan. And he's like, you remember the morning after we met? Or the the morning after you tried to kill yourself uh-huh. with the pill overdose when we met, you know, you know it worked. <laughs> so you're like wondering, wait, what the hell? And that was <laughs> that was the previous. I mean, they even bothered showing footage from the first episode where he's trying to do this, and you're just right, like, oh yeah. my gosh, really? Are they messing with us? But that just turns out it was a preamble in the first five minutes of the show. Right. It wasn't even the whole topic of it. He was just joking. I mean, like, like he even told him he's talking and he, and he lost track of what he was saying. And he's like, you know, no, this is real. Everyone on the island is real. Like, wait a minute. Wilfred, I've seen lost. And he's like, Oh, smoke monster. (laughs) The best part after their whole conversation after that is he sits down with the bong. He's like, I'm about to be my old smoke monster. monster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what the hell are we talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> but uh the, uh senator venator 2000 very said, good you know, his 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 thing is you know the easy way to end it is to just you know say it was a dream um due to his pill overdose which was real possible they've always got that out which right. means if they do end up going that route if they get the chance to know when the series is ending and they do end up going out with that then it's it's kind of a jerky move, though, because they kind of hinted at it at the very end of the first season. Right, yeah. So it's like, oh, wait, so that was real the whole time. <laughs> but sometimes show creators do that. Like uh, after the first year of Lost at a DVD signing or at, or at a Comic-Con signing, 
one of the things Damo Lindelof wrote, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna get this, Trent, but like at the end of the very first season, there was this uh, hatch that, that the Locke character got obsessed with. I don't Uh know why he thought the answer to life, the universe and everything was in there, but he found a hatch and he had to get in there. Man's curiosity, whatever. I don't know. Sure. (laughs) I know. Sounds, sounds so stupid when you explain this. Uh, (laughs) So at the very end of the episode, they get the hatch open. And then the final shot is very similar to what you saw in the series finale where they were looking down the waterfall into, and we don't know what's down there yet. The final shot is them looking down into the hatch, and then the camera pulls down into the hatch from them looking down. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so the series, the season ends, and we still don't know what's in the hatch. Well, at a signing, you know, Lindelof is writing, and one guy asks him what's in the hatch, and he literally on the signing, he's all, he signs on either the magazine, the DVD, or whatever. He says, in the hatch is a man who have to has to hit a button every 108 minutes or the entire world will go away. <laughs> and he wrote that on somebody's thing. And and the beauty of it is, before the series like got into that, in right. the second season, the guy had no idea that he actually had the answer the whole time. Yeah, that, that was actually more or less that. And hopefully he still has that bit of memorabilia because now that's a that's a money item, baby. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. That makes you wonder. So that would be really messed up if they did that. If if it turns out that's what it was the whole time. But I really I I I hope that's not what the case is. I think it's it's just on Wilfred it's a question of mental stability because apparently his mother also has mental issues and as we saw in that one episode her cat she sees her cat as a as real permanent in a cat suit. <laughs> it happens. Oh. <laughs> So, Trent, finally, we've got an opportunity for you to talk on the show. Oh, no, I, I've been talking. I'm sure you've been looking for that window for the past 51 minutes and 32 <laughs> seconds. Yes, I finally saw Red State. Yeah, last weekend, we uh, we opened up the phone lines. Uh, mm-hmm. We were taking people's uh, calls about Red State because I was anxious to hear what people had to say. Because it's available now. Yeah, it's available on the video on demand. And I think uh, it's either through the 18th or the 21st. Okay. Sometime. 23rd. I don't know. It's coming up. The, the deadline is coming up. The run's going to be over soon. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a limited release. So if you want to watch it, you need to jump on it. Yeah. Although, you know, there is also on September 25th, there is a special one night event where they will be, uh, and I'm sure it's at coopersdell.com, but what they're doing is they're kind of doing like, kind of like what Fathom Events does. They do a live, uh, simulcast digitally into theaters. So they're going to air the movie, and then afterwards, there's going to be a Q&A session. Kevin will be at the New Beverly in Southern California, but okay. you'll be able to ask questions via Twitter, and he's going to have a Q&A oh, right that afterwards. That is so cool, man. And then they're going to have also an abbreviated special edition of Hollywood Babylon. Ah. So imagine this. Let's say you're in the San Jose area, okay, because I know that's one of the theaters. And okay. and so you get to walk in. You, get your, you got your popcorn and your candy, and you sit down, and you get to watch Red State. And then right after that, you're sitting there and you're watching the Q&A in your theater. And then after that, you're watching a Hollywood Babylon in your theater. It doesn't get any better, dude. I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, the only, the only thing that I, I think uh, that aggravates me about this is there's not one that's near me, even though the theater near me does do these kind of live events. Oh, really? But a lot of the major chains got all pissy because it was on VOD first. Oh, well, that, and they're, they're probably pissy that, uh, you know, it wasn't released through their regular distributors. Yeah, probably not. Red State. I wouldn't say that. 
I, I really think they just got bent out of shape because it was on VOD before this. But I mean, it had a theatrical run too. One right, week of yeah. New Beverly. So uh, their argument is stupid, in my opinion. You know, just put it out there. Let uh, what are you going to lose? You're going to lose one night of one screen. What is your what's your big risk here? Right. That's being penny wise and pound foolish. You see what I'm saying? And and that falls on a what day of the week? Uh, why would you ask me that now? <laughs> why would you do that to me, Trent? Oh, I just assumed that you also had a Marvel Comics calendar above your computer. It's a Sunday. See, man, it's a freaking Sunday. You're not going to lose any money on a Sunday. Look, take the movie that take your your smallest movie theater in your multi. Take your 150 seer that you're still running Smurfs in, right? Okay, or or whatever lame duck you've put in there, and run this instead. What are you going to lose? Really? Come on, it's just stupid. Well, and that's just it. You and and it, it bugs the hell out of me because I see this all the time with event planners. You can't sell popcorn. You can't sell candy to empty seats, man. No, you can't. I've tried. <laughs> I've tried to have conversations with them. I've tried to buy them popcorn. I've tried to get them to buy popcorn. Nothing. Nothing. Just doesn't happen. Empty seats are just rude and inconsiderate. <laughs> Bunch of pricks. Yeah. Uh, so, the, but the big thing is, uh, last week we got to hear everybody else's opinion, and finally, finally, yep. after months yep. and months of waiting, I get to hear what Trent thought of Red State. Now, here's the thing, Will. I mean, and you talk that, you know, you try to go into a movie with no preconceived notions as to whether it's good, bad, or, or just you go to see it, right? Yeah. I had the exact opposite of that because I have, I mean... I've listened to, you know, Red State of the Union. I've listened to Smodcast. I've listened, you know, I've listened to you. I listened uh, to yeah. everyone that called in. Unfortunately, like, you've had all of us barking in your, oh yeah, it's great. It's good. It's amazing. It's a totally different thing. <laughs> so, you know, but please go in with no expectations, Trent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's the caveat that you try to give me as I go into it. Right. So yeah. I, uh, Mike B, I think it was Mike B. Yeah. I think it was Mike B. He gave me the suggestion to make sure that when I see it, it's fun to watch with other people. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. uh, at first I was going to watch it as a party on Xbox and, uh, that just kind of kept on getting put off and put off. I was like, no, I, I've just got to sit down and watch it. Uh, had a few friends come over and we watched it and dude, it was everything that I had hoped and expected and just wanted it to be right off the bat from the very, from the, the opening credits, man. It was just awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was great. And obviously, man, I'm a huge John Goodman fan, right? Oh. Um, and his, his performance was just stellar. He just, so good. He chewed that up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and there's, and it's, there's, there's parts in it when you're just like, you're sympathizing with him. And then other times you're like, you're a freaking dick, man. Like you go through a whole range and that's with all the characters. You know, there's, well, minus a couple, <laughs> but you, you're just, you're just, you're sympathizing with them. And other times you're just like, you are such a piece of shit. Yeah. No, it's, it's wow. It is. I, that's one that if, if, if you don't buy it on Blu-ray, you're an idiot. You probably don't also don't have a soul. See, the nice thing though, is when you see the, uh, the poster and with the poster being the DVD artwork too, hopefully. That movie is going to sell. It's going to oh, sell yeah. in Walmarts across the country because you have got a girl yep. in cut-off shorts mm -hmm. holding a rifle. Yep. You, yeah, that, you, 
Uh, you may as well just put that next to a six pack of Coors. I uh, just gonna say you've got Daisy Duke holding an AR-15 on the front, man. Yeah, just set it next to the Coors aisle. You'll sell that bitch like nothing. <laughs> It'll sell. It but, will, man. But but really, the whole thing uh, about it after you see it is it's a movie that just sticks with you too. It gets in your craw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that kernel of, kernel of corn that just you know it's back there and <laughs> you can't quite get it. And you're just gumming it and gumming it. Just when you think you got it, you're like, oh, no, that ain't it. <laughs> so good. Well, heaven, I'm, heaven, I'm, heaven forbid you want to floss to get it out. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you You did like the movie, though, because I was oh really going to suck having to find a new co-host. <laughs> that was really going to suck. Did, did I answer good, Will? Oh, did you I did. answer good? You did. You did. And, you know, and I got to say, uh, for some people that have seen it, I've gotten this feedback. Um and, you know, for some people, when it finally transitions to the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. I know, I like some early reviewer, he was, uh, he, he, he got all bent out of shape about it. But, really? you know, but given the movie's budget, I think it was the perfect way to end it. Oh, sure. Cause, you know, yeah. Kevin, I think you, you would listen to the Red State of the Union, uh, like originally as scripted. The, the, the cool thing about this movie. Yeah, in listening to the Red State of the Union and, and attending some of the Q and A's is, is this whole, the whole writing of it kind of got, uh, built up as a, as a one up thing because, uh, Kevin Smith kept sending Malcolm Ingram pages, right? Okay. And he, and he'd like, what are you going to do next? And Kevin would say something. He's like, Oh, I dare you. So he, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that kind of right. thing was transpiring. And and the original scripted ending actually involved the four horsemen of the apocalypse, like you know, oh. agents and people's chests were bursting, and and yes. then like like Cooper suddenly his chest bursts too, and from uh, Goodman's character's perspective, you know, he just falls down, and as he does, there's one of the four horsemen with his you know sword. I don't know if it was petulance or whatever, you know, his sword, is, and so it turns out Cooper's sliding off the sword, and then he just like raises his finger at Goodman and goes shh flies then you know and then armageddon happens oh yeah which which you know originally when i saw the movie um you know i'd been following along with the tweets i think that he had done one of these times so i knew that's not the way it ended but i didn't know that event was happening and the moment it did i got douche chills i mean well not douche chills i just got chills douche chills are bad (laughs) i just got chills because I'm like, oh my god, seriously, is this yeah. the way this direction the the film is going? Oh my gosh, yeah. And yeah. then it turned left, <laughs> but it did yeah. in such a way that I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it because once again, it was still it brought elements of the story in that grounded it in that scary reality. Just the fact that this could have happened, right? So. Oh yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Um, and and oh god, I can't even tell you. It, it kind of makes me sick to even talk about it. But um, I was speaking with one of, a friend of mine who came over and watched it. And uh, recently in Salt Lake, there's actually been a couple of really heinous hate crimes, um, on gay males in the community. Oh. Um. And and that's and that's what we were talking about. Like this this shit not only could happen, it does happen. You oh, know? some of it does. Maybe not to this extent, but <laughs> well, I mean, they they curbed a guy, man. Oh, are so, you? Oh, yeah, no. I and so and that's the thing we were just talking about how like you know that's that's where the real fear and and the real just kind of what sticks with you is that you know people are sick and they they don't really understand what they're you know the extent of how evil they are and what they're doing is evil. 
You know what I would love? <laughs> this isn't going to happen. But I would love this. <laughs> if there really was a God, if he just, like, came down to Earth and and straddled the Westboro Baptist Church and just looked down upon all of us and said, yes, I'm real, but no, I don't hate the homosexual. Knock it the fuck off. Oh, please. You know, maybe that's being a little too literal, but I'm just saying. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, because seriously, I don't think anybody on God's green earth is going to choose that lifestyle. Nobody. No, it's uh David Cross does uh, a bit that is just, you know, he says, oh, yeah, I want to be an awkward uh 15 year old boy that gets, you know, teased and beat up and ridiculed. And that, yeah, that's the life I want to choose. Yes, exactly. Ugh. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. No one wants to be treated like that regardless. I'm sorry. Oof. Uh, boy, we just we the room just got darker. <laughs> deep breaths, deep breaths. Oh. <laughs> So anyway, Red State's a good movie. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, one of the listeners hashtag netheads earlier this week, and they said, "Okay, like, well, really, do I want to see it? You know, now or do I want to see it in a theater on September 25th?" And I'm going to say, see it in a theater. I'd say see it both. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I mean, if okay, yeah, if you can do the kind of thing where you can get a bunch of friends that are into this kind of stuff too, yes. Yeah, because, you know, the first time I saw it, I saw it at the uh, the Los Angeles uh, final show, you know, of the original Red State tour. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was seeing it in this theater packed with like minded individuals. Uh-huh. You know, these are people that were there to actually see this movie. They weren't just, you know, randomly picking a movie at the at the at the multiplex. They were mm-hmm. they were they were fans. They were people that were interested in seeing this movie. And there is, there is something to event cinema. There is something to these types of things, you know, like, like seeing Terminator 2 Judgment Day on opening night. You know, there's an energy that's in the room that you can't oh, get yeah. away from. Right. And it adds to the experience. Seeing Jurassic Park opening night. You know what I mean? Right. Seeing Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, no, okay, not that one. <laughs> That goddamn movie keeps popping up when I'm scanning through the movies for like what's available on demand right now. Or well, I was gonna say, it's is it in your suggestions? Top no. ten suggestions. No, no, <laughs> no. But I'm like, didn't that thing get so horribly panned? I'm like, what's what's the deal? Get rid of it. Oh yeah. Well, and I I still there's a special place of hatred for that uh, movie for me because that uh, came out the same week as. Uh, I think was it a uh, Scott Pilgrim? Oh, not <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Sorry, Pil- Pilgrim. <laughs> I was thinking Scott Program. I don't know why. <laughs> what happened to my brain? <laughs> Woo! So yeah, that's the thing. And I, I guess I, sh- I said definitely theater. But you know what? If you can get a whole group of friends together, yeah, make it an event. Yeah, you know, throw some brews on ice. Yep. Throw some. Cocktail weenies into a crock pot with a lot of barbecue sauce. Yep. Make it a party. Yep. Because afterwards, you're going to want to talk about it. Uh, and that's just it. If you see it alone, man, you're just going to be sitting there like, what? I, who the? How about that? Who, how? Yeah, and, and then you're going to be trying to talk to the empty chair, which we know <laughs> won't buy popcorn. 
<laughs> but, you know, if you've had enough beers, maybe it'll talk back. Maybe. Just a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely see it with friends. I mean, it would be kind of like the like the equivalent would be seeing the usual suspects by yourself. Would you do that? No. No. Gosh, no. No. Well, at least if you if you had watched it by yourself afterwards, you're like, I really wish I hadn't seen that by myself. Because <laughs> I want to yes. talk to some people now. Yeah, but, definitely take Fat Man 2124's advice. Go out, get some friends, and watch it. There's, you, it's, I mean, you watched it on Amazon, right? Yes, I watched it through the Amazon. And I watched it through the Zoom store on X, Xbox Live. I mean, I'm still kind of bummed you didn't do the whole the it, party. It, yeah, maybe I still will. Because I thought that would have been cool. Because it was, it was, it would have been a double whammy. Because sure. at least the way you explained it to me, so everybody gets to sit there. And watch the movie at the same time. Mm-hmm. With their headsets on. With their headsets on, even though I would hope the headsets would stay quiet. But <laughs> but the cool thing is, you would have been picking up the bill for the movie, and right. they would have all just been able to watch it. Yep. So it's like you're the drive-in proprietor, <laughs> and they all just get to watch it through that. And they all owe me. <laughs> Venator 2000 seems to be of the opinion I'm drunk. <laughs> Which I'm not. The only thing I've had today, lemonade. Ooh, not Mike's hard either. Just lemonade. It's, just, <laughs> it's actually watered down lemonade too. It's not real lemonade. It's that, you know, like crystal light crap. But when, oh, right. but when I make it like the normal way, it's just too strong for me. So I actually make like four quarts of water to two, to the one little thing. To like a teaspoon of. <laughs> no, to the, to the one top. So basically I'm diluting it by like a full portion of water. Uh huh. And that way it's tolerable to me. It's just like lemon water. Oh boy, that's even worse. Never mind. <laughs> Just forget it. I've lost all credibility altogether. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Why do we still get to have a show? <laughs> I just don't know. Um. So uh, what else is going on? We still got time to fill, my friend. Absolutely. Um. And, and we've so, been, and as a matter of fact, if you notice, the topics have been going so, at least for me, I don't know about the listening audience, but for me, the topics have been going so strong, I don't even need the break. What break? Exactly. S- screw the break. And I went, I, I went to the bathroom before we got started, so I was I went, the one thinking I, ahead. I, I went while we were on air. Oh, okay. So that's why the connection died. <laughs> He's like, oh, crap. I got to go. He's not listening. I, yeah. No, I, I just I accidentally shorted out the uh, the mixer while I was using the bathroom. So, <laughs> Now, Trent, we got we to gotta remain strong to our roots, and I think there's definitely two things that we need to talk about. Talk to me. Um. One of them, two things. Okay. Three things. Okay. We don't have enough time. Nope. No, we don't. Uh, because it, last week we're all like, Sons of Anarchy is coming. Oh. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah. Well, it, it was, oh, it was so awesome. better than I had hoped because it actually delivered on everything that it set up prior. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, the, what's his name was on the fast track to become mayor. Right. Uh, Hales. Hales. Hales was on the fast track to become mayor, and everybody knew once he came into office, he was going to bring the San Joaquin sheriff in. Yep. Instead of the just the charming PD. PD. Mm-hmm. So they were going to bring them in. So that did happen. And the sons roll out of jail, and, you know, everything is going exactly the way they don't want it. The land development that they were hoping wouldn't happen because they didn't want charming to get big. It's gone ha- through. It's happening. At least it's starting. It's stalled right yeah. now, but it's happening. Yeah, they're they're moving dirt at least. Yeah, and we learned that uh 
you know, the there was some backlash to what happened in the previous season, and Jax got stabbed in prison, and mm-hmm. and then there was a little bit of a shocker at the very beginning because you remember I said here on the show I'm like I don't oh. know I bet I, I bet you this is going to be the last year of you know his character what's Kurt his, Sutter yeah what's Kurt Sutter's character the writer and creator of the show and what's um, his what's the guy's name oh my god I can't believe I can't remember it right now. Uh, yeah, see, there's something about having a microphone in front of your face, folks. You just become right. stupid. Right. But his character's, uh, um, is in jail. He's, you know, the one son's, it, he at least wrote it the right way. He's the one character that's always going to be in jail. And, uh, at the very beginning of the episode, he gets smuggled a razor and we see he slit his wrists. And I'm like, oh yes. my gosh, there's no way I really called this. And by the and end of the episode. Is, yeah, this is in the preamble, the, before the credits even rolled. The yeah. Opening credits. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe. But it, you know, it, it was a, the whole show, it was awesome, but it was also a great misdirection. Right. It really was. And I don't want to say anything more about it. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm sure there's a way still to see it. And I want to yeah. encourage you to, because the other nice thing about it, about the show is with this fourth season, there's not really any loose ends to wrap up and you nope. can, you can really come into this fourth season as a new viewer. Yep. And just kind of pick up with how, what, how things are going. Yep. Because it, it was, it's like a nice big reset. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot like, uh, you know, the, the reset that DC has done recently. Exactly. Wow. I'm sorry. Did you see that amazing segue just ride by? <laughs> Whoa. That was just professional. <laughs> Because DC has reset their universe and the new 52 has started. Yeah, so this is the first week that they've uh, started releasing titles. Now, the first Um, one that we got was the newly reimagined Justice League. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And I've I've bought that, but I haven't watched it, or excuse me, read it yet. I haven't watched it yet. I just, I don't know. I keep pressing play. It does nothing. (laughs) I just, it's it's like a touchpad, right? Like, why does it Why won't the comic move? So yeah, uh, that came out. Um, I also got Green Arrow, um, Men of War, which is a brand new title. Um, this one is about, uh, soldiers, like actual sol, well, not actual, but, it, you know, could be real life soldiers, um, and what they're going through in real life encounters. Swamp Thing number one. Now, uh, again, I haven't read this yet, but Scott Snyder is writing it, Will. Yeah. He's the same guy that did, uh, um, American Vampire, which was awesome. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then I also picked up, uh, Batman Detective Comics, Detective Comics Batman. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Action Comics Superman. So I've you've read, you've got both. them all. Yeah. <laughs> I've only, I, well, I've, I've read the Batman and I've read Superman. Okay. Okay. The Batman is really good. Uh, the, the first character that he's dealing with, and, and you know he's been talking. You know everything's kind of been set as these superheroes are are kind of they're in their roles, but they're just starting, right? Okay. So there's no Robin yet. Uh, Batman is is kind of just doing what he does on his own, um, or at least we Robin hasn't been referred to as yet. But we do know that he uh you know has has already made ties with um Commissioner Gordon. But everyone else sees him as a vigilante and are, are not pro Batman. So, so this is almost kind of like their their Batman Begins, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot like it actually. Wow. So they yeah. really are. I just, I'm sorry, this still just messes with my head. Right. I yeah. can't believe that all of this this continuity and stuff that I grew up with is just gone. Yeah, it it is, and and so this is his his first hunting of the Joker. 
and it's a it's a dark joker who has killed you know many many people um and then uh, the action comics yeah grant morrison wrote it uh he's dc's favorite writer and i just i don't know why i i i don't know i just just not feeling it i won't be buying a second issue of uh superman action comics really yeah you know it was it's fun and all but it's uh, well what happens in that one though i mean uh so it's it's he's he's not working at uh he's working at a competing uh newspaper um then the then uh the daily planet Planet. he's uh he's uh friends with uh jimmy olsen um and he's only been around for three months superman as a character has only been around for about three months um and lex luther pins him to a wall with a moving train really yeah and and no red panties no he's 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 wearing pants he's got he's got a superman t-shirt a cape and pants. A Superman T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yep, a Superman T. So he's what? Yep. Oh, that is lame. Mm-hmm. It's oh, dude, it's totally lame. Yeah. And what hey. are they? Cargo pants too? To, to boot? <laughs> they're they're like uh, they're dungarees that are rolled up, and he's wearing like brown work boots. What the? F- oh. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason why Calvin is saying, but uh, having Justice League be a title right off the bat seems like a mistake to me. The newest series should have time to breathe before team-ups, but ignore yep. me. I think the whole reboot is kind of done wrong. You know, personally, I really wish, like right now, Mr. Kuban, Calvin, whatever, we're calling in. I'd love to hear his opinion of this, sure. too. Yeah. Because he's an active participant, and he hasn't just read two comics out of them all. <laughs> you dumbass. Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Well, that's, if, I'm, if, and I'm if gonna... you decide to nut up in the next couple minutes, uh, Calvin, it's uh, 925-289-1355 or uh, 925-buy-one-elk. Buy-one-elk. Mm-hmm. Buy the number one elk. <laughs> uh, if you want to call in, if you want to <laughs> do it right. And by the way, uh, just so you guys know, if you're listening to that number after the fact, it's not going to ring anywhere after the show. So if you want to call and leave a message for us, go ahead. Yeah, go for Knock it. Knock yourself out. Maybe you want to comment about this week's show, point out how we were dumbasses, anything like that. It may be used in a future episode. We don't know. We just don't know. Or maybe even in a promotion for maybe. the show. Maybe. Could happen. So please know that by uh, by calling in, you are uh, releasing the use of your voice and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Whatever it is. So, uh, so there's that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I want to, I really want to read these things, but it just, I don't know. It just kind of, it was kind of like, uh, uh, wow, boy, Will forgot how to talk there. <laughs> no, I'm not drunk. It's kind of like what they did with Amazing Spider-Man. You know, they, they got into so much ridiculousness and then they just suddenly said, you know what? Brand new day. Right. Cause they really backed themselves into a corner with revealing Peter's identity. Yep, in, the, in Civil War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they threw a big old whammy reset on that one. Yeah. Which, which I thought was really, uh, it was good. But then again, it was kind of weird, too, because it's like, well, right. he never married Mary Jane. And that was already a realm of weirdness. So maybe it is a good thing because they had a lot of dangling stuff uh-huh. after the whole clone saga. Because if you remember, there was this whole thing where Mary Jane was pregnant. She gave birth to a little girl. And then, like, what happened? And eventually, <laughs> I just felt like they kind of just forgot about the baby. Yep. They, exactly. which, which they pretty much did. It's just, 
Kind of like how soap operas will have stars just go away and then you just forget about that character. You know what was a really fun run, though, on uh, Amazing Spider-Man was the House of M version. I don't know Did that you- one. So, so it's, it's where Wanda has, has, you know, put everyone into this alternate universe. And, uh, he's, uh, actually a, like a professional wrestler. Like he, he kept it up. Oh, so now, that. now is this, was that in a separate title or is this in the Amazing Spider-Man run? No, it, yeah, it was the Amazing Spider-Man run. Awesome. It was just when they did their, their House of M tie-in. And it, and it is really, really fun. Oh, cool. I can't wait. Yeah, and uh, if you're a subscriber to Marvel Digital Comics, uh, that's it's all on there. You can just get on there and read it. That's there you why go. I read it. Which, by the way, don't get me started on. <laughs> I'm still mad that they're doing that all wrong. Because <laughs> DC is going day and date. But, you know, yep. Yep. like here's the thing. I think you've got – I don't know. Do you think digital comics will be the undoing of the local comic shop? Uh, I think it will force local comic shops to care about their customers now. And whereas you think they didn't before? Whereas, uh, there's a reason why the Simpsons comic book guy is such a stereotype. You know what's really funny? Uh, out, out, out my way, there's a, a great comic book shop called Flying Colors Comics and Other Cool Stuff. Okay. And you can find them on Treat Boulevard in Concord, California. Look them up. Uh, if you're in that area, you happen to hear it, or just give them a call. Say, hey, what's up? They won't know why. Do it anyway. <laughs> hey, what's up? And then just leave it hanging like that. But they've never been that way. They've actually, I think, been over accommodating to their customers in a way really? that they will listen to people. Cause I've been, I've borne witness to it. They will listen to customers just ramble on about stuff. Sure. And, and, and they will do their best not to like break away from the conversation. Ugh, like suddenly, man. oh, I've got to do inventory over here, you know, kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. so I've never had to deal with that. I think the only time I did was with, uh, California comics when it was out here and they just didn't care. Right. You know, it, they just had the center aisle with all the comics. They had the back issues and no other frills, no other thrills. Just buy some comics and get the hell out of my shop <laughs> and no reading. It's not a library, damn it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the other thing. Like, well, I want to be able to check a comic out, you know, see if I really do want to buy it or not. Right. Um, and, and, you know, they're, oh, hey, that, that's, that's bagged and boarded and taped. You can't open that up. You bought it. It's open. You, you're buying it. Yeah. Douchebags. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, no, but, it, but what else is, uh, what is, so they, they did the whole 52 thing. That's, that's right. starting now. Yes. And, and, and what else? Is, has DC got anything else going on? Um, well, they, yeah, they're doing their same day releases as the, as the paper comics. So you can get a digital edition for the same price. Well, yeah, for, you know, $1.99 and you can just get it the same day that it's released. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a great model. I, I, I wished that, well, and the other, the other thing is, uh, they're doing it through Comixology. Okay. So that's the company that's digitizing all the comics and then putting them out there. And Comixology has got their app out on all platforms. Okay? Ah. Marvel is doing it all on their own. Now, having dealt with a little app develop myself, I realize that it is not as easy as it seems. Uh, building apps is, it's, it's pretty particular and very specific to each different, uh, device. And so Marvel has everything that out there. But just for iPad and for iPhone. Ah. So Comixology has they've already done the legwork. They've got it all out there. They they send them the file and they put it out there same day release. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah, the so way it's it smart for be. DC. 
Absolutely. I, I don't know what the I still got I still have a point of contention when it comes to the pricing though. I agree. Yeah. Because it doesn't cost you the same to produce it digitally. <laughs> but at the same time, there's the the double-edged sword. If they undercut the comic shop by with the digital copy, uh-huh. then they will drill them out of business eventually. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So, you know, they really can't do that to their partners. Right. Which they really are. And, and you know, speaking of Flying Colors, the guy there, um, Flying Colors Joe, I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but he's actually done a lot of a lot of stuff in the comic industry. He was one of the people that pushed for the free comic book day. Right. The creation mm-hmm. of it to get, you know, people in there and get them interested in comics yep. again. Which is such a, the, the first Saturday in May, go into a comic book shop and it is so much fun. Yeah. I and mean, it, there's just it, it's amazing what free stuff brings people out because there oh, are yeah. always lines out the door and around the building. Yep, exactly. So it's not that there's not an interest in comics or there's more of an interest in free stuff. I'm not sure. Right. But, you know, they they make it an event. And and really, in many ways, you know, comics are a storytelling art form. They really are. I mean, and it does take a certain, you know, you have to like them in order to read them. Right. Yeah, Some people just don't get it. But, you know, look, it's pretty pictures and it's a story. It's a narrative. It's right. a, what's well, amazing is the way that narrative has changed over time because I've been I've been recently uh, been able to go back and I've been able to look at like the Amazing Spider-Man run from the beginning. Oh, okay. And it's just amazing the way the whole I mean you know, the the way the stories have changed because there is just in the beginning it's it's silly plots and needless exposition or over exposition. Right. You know, to see what's going on. Whereas now it's, they don't exactly spell out every action that's happening on the page. You know, some of right, it's, which, they leave yeah, for visual it, interpretation. Yes, exactly. And I, and I, you know, I actually it would, will think less of a comic book if there's, if there's just word bubbles and, and text all over the page, you know, let, let the artist, you know, do his job. Yeah. Let him tell the story, baby. Absolutely. That's what I say. Absolutely. Well, man, I don't know. <sighs> I hate to say it, we're coming near the end here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but, it, I mean, luckily, uh, you know, people can stick around for Soundbite Nation because they're right on our tail. Yeah, they are coming on on our six, so uh, do stick around for that. Uh, but, you know, uh, before we do go, I do want to hit on one topic, and that okay, is... talk to me. I don't know, partially because I'm amazed and partially because I'm understanding of it, and that's the nerd rage around the Star Wars Blu-ray release. Ah, yes. Because once again, Lucas feels it's necessary to tweak and, and I don't, here's the thing. He's, he's tweaking and changing things again. Okay. Uh-huh. He's, he's changed that, that age old scream that we hear uh, Ben Kenobi give to frighten off the, the sand people. Uh huh. Uh, what else has he done? Uh, the, the cry of no as, uh, Vader throws <laughs> the emperor, you know, all these little things. He's made right. changes, okay? That's the point. Has he made them because he feels that they're necessary to the story? Or is it because we're releasing them on Blu-ray and I want to give people a reason to buy them? Which one is it? What do you think? Well, I think as an artist, um, whenever you finish something, you, it's never perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when I'm writing, you know, I'll go back and read things. And even if it's not in publication or anything like that anymore, I'm just like, ah, I just, I could have made that better. I want to change this or, or whatever. Um, so I, I, if, if that's the reason, I can totally understand that. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, he's had years and years to, to watch it and, you know, it just bugs at him and eats at him to where he wants to change it. I, I hope that he's not changing it as a gimmick so that people will buy it because guess what, dude? It's Star Wars. Everyone's going to buy it. Uh, not necessarily. I'm not exactly chomping at the bit to get them. Well, if it, ma- was the, if it was the original and hadn't been tampered, would you be more apt to get it? Yeah, I would. Exactly. Honest exactly to God, I point. really would. Like, as a matter of fact, I'm at the point now where I almost want to, uh, and I have them somewhere. My, my three VHS copies, not copies, my, you know, my legally purchased and, and, and <laughs> licensed, my three VHS, uh, editions of the original movies. Right. You know, because for me, in some ways, it was kind of disturbing to see the, the new uh, sand crawler come over the edge, you know, and was watching the redone Star Wars. It was a neat gimmick to get us back into theaters when they digitally right. added stuff and made some tweaks. But, you know, like Greedo shooting first is still, for me, the most uh, character redefining thing to have ever been done. Right. In, in yeah. just an unnecessary way, because that was the whole point. Han Solo was a rogue. He was a yep. he was a bastard. He was a dirty smuggler. Yeah, he was an outlaw. Yeah. And he, by the end of Star Wars, redeemed himself. He was maturing and becoming a better person. Yes. So Greedo shooting first, that just that that redefines the character somewhat. Yep. You know, maybe now he's just a little less mercenary for hire. Mm hmm. Uh, okay, Venator2000 says, Lucas is doing this in order to guarantee a double dip later when he releases the original trilogy. Oh. Huh. Oh, maybe. Maybe. The No Cry is the only one that bugs me, is what Fatman2124 says. <laughs> oh, yeah, and see, no! Va- and, and Von Cleef says, can't be worse than Han digitally leaning his head. Oh, that was, and that was a horribly done effect, too. I mean, that that literally looked like somebody just, used a, a cheap web app to like isolate Han's head and then they stretched it to the side and then snapped it back. It's like guys, the human head doesn't move that way. I hope you know that. It, it's not Han's head is not part of a game of Tetris. Okay? Well, I mean it's 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 George Lucas, man. He has all the money in the world. <laughs> do it right man yeah i don't mind digitally touching up some effects you know i really don't like one of the things that has bugged me since very first time seeing return of the jedi and no i'm not talking about the ewoks was that was that <laughs> nope, nope. that horribly done uh masking that they were doing for some reason around the emperor's face do you know what i'm okay. talking about Yes, uh-huh. You know, it's like for some reason they added in these extra dark uh, animated blotchy black things. I don't know if they were trying to cover up bad makeup or they were just trying to not reveal as much of his face under the hood. But if you look at it, it looks like a bad do- job done in MS Paint or something. Right. Well, yeah, It's and it's almost like if, if they thought, you know, if we cover his face more – um then it it won't have to have as a likeness to Emperor Palpatine. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was just one of the weirdest things that was going on. You yeah. know, it's almost as weird as uh, going back and watching the original Grease, and for some reason, you know, they're they're blurring out a picture in the background. Obviously, it's probably because it was you know chronologically a bad thing to have there. Maybe something oh. they missed in that particular diner. But this is totally different. This is them blur, black blurring out portions 
of the area around the hood, and it was always distracting to me. So if you want to go back and fix it so that doesn't look so weird, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, you want to make the land speeder effect look better? Right on. I'm right there with you. Okay, but <laughs> and, and it, it was kind of neat that they brought Jabba into that scene that I knew was originally done because I had a comic version of Star Wars back in the day. It was the big comic version. And oh, they had okay. they, and they had this animated, you know, they had panels of this scene where where um you know, Han is talking to Jabba before Ben and Luke come along to come get in, on the right. ship. So it was kind of cool to see that, even though in that comic, Jabba was more of a humanoid character. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I vaguely remember. You know, I don't know when my brother's birthday is, but for some reason, I remember this. <laughs> That's just sad. <laughs> so it was cool seeing that scene added in, you know, and they, oh, hey, look, let's, they slipped Boba Fett in there, too. Cool, whatever. Right. That's nice. But but making these these other changes, it's like, what's the point, man? Yeah. I know you got more money than God, but really? <laughs> really, buddy? Come on. Now, <laughs> I, I mockingly said nerd rage at the beginning, and listen to me now. <laughs> oh, that's there we go. Uh, speaking of that. One of our listeners, Clockwork Rat, says, I hope they update the animated Job of the Hut from a New Hope special edition. Yeah, exactly. I, yes. And mm-hmm. even though I don't care about the prequels at all, I think it's interesting that they're going back and they're, they're changing the puppet from the, uh, from the, uh, what was that first one? Phantom Menace. I think they're digitally replacing him. Oh, really? Because that puppet was ugly and weird. Yeah. Although, interestingly enough, the puppet that was in, uh, you know, the original movies look fine to me. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Well, yeah, and, uh, yeah. and Empire, my friend. Yeah. You know, he's mostly yeah. featured in Empire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kuban says the bonus Jabba scene is completely pointless. It's just the Greedo scene again without anyone getting <laughs> shot. And that's true. But for me, yeah. it was neat because I had seen it in that comic, and that's my point. Did, but did you really see that? In the comic, Will? Yes, I did. I did. I know it was there. I'm telling you. Well, you know, after watching Wilfred, I'm questioning everything. I don't blame you. I've even questioned the existence of this show, which is probably why it's time to wrap it up. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget, if you want to find out more about Trent, you can follow him. uh, He's a part of him on Twitter. And also you can go to uh, lessofhim.blogspot.com to force him to follow along on his new adventure. Yes. And, uh, you know, you want to know more about me, willwilkins.com. And, uh, you know, what am I? I'm on net, I'm netheadww on Twitter. The show is netheads on air on Twitter. And of mm-hmm. course, if you're listening to us after the fact, I don't care when it is. It could be one year, two years, one day. Doesn't matter. If you're listening back on one of the past podcasts, go ahead and give your opinion on part of it too. Just throw a hashtag netheads on there. If Twitter's still around when you're listening to this, oh, oh, mystical and magical future listener. Please tell me we've gotten hoverboards. I want to know. Maybe or at least shoes that lace themselves. Yes, please. That's take part, oh great mysterious and magical future listener. Cuz I want to know what you think. Cuz I don't know about you. I've listened to past podcasts and I want to take part in the conversation even though it's after the fact. Don't don't feel stupid. Throw a hashtag netheads on it. Twitter's going to be around for at least one more uh iPhone software release. <laughs> iOS is integrating Twitter, so it's not going anywhere for at least a year. Yeah, I mean, which is how we measure time. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Before Twitter, there was there was BT and AT. Before Twitter, after, never mind. 
Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Another edition of NetHeads. My name's Will. And my name's Trent. And you've been listening to us on Smodcast Internet Radio. On Smodcast.com. NetHeads. I'll transfer. NetHeads with Will Wilkins. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.